This morning's scripture reading comes from Luke chapter 8, verse 22 through 25. Please follow along in your own Bibles or as the text is presented on the screens above. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and set out. As they sailed, he fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake, so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great danger. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. He got up and rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm, the storm subsided, and all was calm. Where is your faith? he asked his disciples. In fear and amazement, they asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Thank you, Mitchell, for reading the scripture this morning. I'm Sharon Anderson, one of the pastors here, with the privilege of sharing God's word this morning. Um, You heard in the text that Jesus and his disciples faced a storm. I know that maybe this snow this today has kind of gotten you thinking, oh no, here come the winter storms, are you ready? <laughs> maybe it's not blowing right now, but it is beautiful. But we get some storms in our area, don't we? We get some storms that kind of can worry us. As I was thinking about that this week, I remembered a story of one of our staff members. She's actually our um, accountant here, our bookkeeper. Mindy Richardson, about three years ago, had a tree fell right on her house in one of these storms and couldn't live there for a while. So I was going to have her tell that story, but as I talked to her, Mindy, why don't you come on up? She told me about uh, several incidents where she and her family have faced storms, and so I wanted her to just kind of, to get us thinking about that, to tell a little of her story. Thank you, Mindy, for doing this this morning. So you told me about a time several years ago when your family faced a treacherous storm. Yes, um, we were camping um, with my two little girls. They were four and six at the time at a lake in Oklahoma with about three other young families. And it was a Saturday afternoon, and my little girls were out on the lake in a boat, and I had stayed behind with other parts of the group at the campground, and a tornado warning came into Mm. the campground. And so we decided we better start packing up camp and hopefully they would come back on the boat and you could see the storm clouds rolling in and it was raining and thunder and lightning in the distance and we waited and waited and they didn't show up until almost dark their boat had died in the middle of the lake and fortunately somebody came along and was willing to give them a tow to the side of the lake and so Katie, Mary Beth and I drove, got in the car to drive the two hours back to our home and I had the local radio station on with the weather and we were passing through all these little towns in Oklahoma and as I saw the sign of the name of the town almost simultaneously the radio station was saying if you're in this area seek shelter immediately mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I was I knew um, I had been told I was we were supposed to get out and get in the ditch and I didn't want to do that with my two little girls and so I continued to drive there was no place the little towns maybe had a gas station it was nighttime they were closed no place to really mm-hmm. stop so I was driving hard to see with the rain and the darkness and so I had to ask Katie and Mary Beth you watch for funnel clouds and if we see one we'll get out and get in the ditch and we just kept driving through these towns and finally made it back home so I would think the anxiety level was coming up pretty high um, it how was. did you handle that? 
I, I was crying out to God, and um, you know, obviously, I shouldn't have asked my little girls to watch for funnel clouds. But <laughs> what else could scary. you do, right? <laughs> Pretty scary. It turned out how you, you it, made it home. Thankfully, we made it home. Yes. yes. And did you ever see a funnel cloud? We never, never did. Never did. That's yeah. good. Thank you, Mindy. Thanks for sharing. Give her a hand. you put that down there thanks so I, I wonder if Bindi's story kind of prompts some stories in your own life you know where you faced a bad storm maybe a threatening windstorm a hurricane a tornado an earthquake we know that natural disasters they come on us suddenly usually <laughs> I know hurricanes have a bit of a warning but but they come on us suddenly, and we have to respond in the moment. And the story we read about from the Gospel of Luke that we heard this morning is something of that same thing, a storm that comes up suddenly, and you've got to respond in the moment. So this morning, we're going to talk about anxiety in the storm. What do you do when you face a storm? And you can, you can probably guess, we're not just going to talk about natural storms. Storms can be all kinds of things in our lives. So this morning we're going to look at it in this way and do a storm watch. A storm watch that says fear is pr probably the first thing that comes to us. And fear cries out. Then we ask ourselves a couple of questions, and you're going to see this in your story, in the story. Where is your faith, Jesus asks. And then we ask, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus in the middle of the storm? So let's just review the story a little bit in Luke. Jesus has instructed his disciples to go across the lake. They're probably just heading to their next ministry destination. And Jesus must have been exhausted because he falls asleep as they're going across calm waters. But suddenly, while Jesus is sleeping, a squall comes and turns up the water and the waves start lashing against the boat and the wind increases and the waves start to swamp the boat and I can imagine the disciples in that place, you know, they'd been on the water. They were pretty experienced seamen. So they probably thought, okay, we can handle this. We're doing fine. Let's just do this. You do this. But this storm grew and grew. This was like no other storm. Some commentators even suggest, and it could very well be, that this storm was stirred up by demonic forces that were trying to stop what Jesus was doing. But whatever the source of the storm, it was ferocious. It was ferocious, and they were in peril. Now you might wonder, I have a boat up here, and I'm going to tell you about that later. It's a little boat. But it's just a symbol of something, and I want to re just make you think a little bit, what did that boat look like that Jesus and his disciples were in? So here's a, um, a picture of a boat that was found in the north part of the Sea of Galilee back in 1986. And this boat is from the first century AD. And probably the dimensions when it was being used were only 27 feet long, seven and a half feet across. Not a real big boat. So if you're facing a storm in that kind of a boat... You're going to be scared. You know, storms come to all of us, and something happens to us in storms that doesn't happen anywhere else. They're thrust on us. We have to respond. We don't even have a choice. We've got to act in some way. And we use our best coping skills, as the disciples probably did, to handle what's coming, as Mindy did with her daughters. What do you do? 
I know I'm supposed to get in a ditch if the worst comes to worst. She knew what to do. But sometimes things come along that we can't even handle. And we can't get through. The things that we used in coping in smooth waters, maybe even a little choppy waters, don't work when the storm is ferocious. And so that's when faith cries out. Faith and fear comes. Fear comes. Have you ever had that sense of anxiety like, oh no, here it comes. The panic comes right up in you. You know you have to do something, but you're at a loss. I think that's what those disciples were feeling in that boat. Scared to death. The words that they say to Jesus show us that. Master, we are drowning. This is the end of us. I don't think we're going to make it. Fear and anxiety kick in. And it's real. I hope that you haven't ever heard that fear and faith never go together. Because I sometimes think fear leads us to faith. Fear is a natural response. Maybe you've heard of the, um, the, the psychological, physiological response of fight or flight. When something comes at us that threatens us, this is a physiological response that just happens both in animals and humans. It helps us to face a threatening situation. So the adrenal glands send out some hormones and our body responds, our heart rate goes up, our blood pressure increases, our breathing increases, and it makes us kind of attentive, ready to face whatever's coming. Fight or flight. I think the disciples must have had that fight or flight response right there. They were fighting it for a while and then it was like, I want to get out of here. And they call out to Jesus in fear. I think a storm like that and even the fear that it raises up in us can be a real catalyst. Rather than saying, I could never be afraid to recognize that fear and anxiety when powerful things come against us can move us in ways that a calm water can't. They bring clarity. They bring focus. They eliminate all the other options and they say, it's time to act and it's time to act now. So I wonder when fear rises if maybe the most faith-filled response you can offer in the middle of a storm is to cry out. Just to cry out. Master, Lord, friend, Jesus, teacher, I need you. I'm desperate. We're going to drown. I'm not going to survive this storm, God. I call out to your name. I call out to your name because I have a li- enough faith to know that you are something different as the disciples knew a little. I call out your name because I've begun to recognize that only you can handle this chaos and this storm that's swirling around me right now. The scripture makes this kind of cry of faith a good thing for the people of God. I'm going to take a look at the book of, uh, got to go this way, right? Um, Psalms. There's a wonderful Psalm 107. I encourage you to read the whole thing at one time. But this Psalm over and over gives accounts of people facing trouble and hardship. And each time, four times you can see it in that, in that passage, it says, Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. And then another issue comes up. And think people are in dire straits. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble. 
and he saved them from their distress. And another one comes up, and the same phrase over and over again. It sounds like the pattern of the people of God, a good pattern. When storms and troubles come, we cry out to God, and the next thing you'll see in that whole psalm is God comes and saves, and then they respond with thanksgiving. So when we call out in distress, in fear, it might be the greatest sign of faith that there is. That's what the disciples did. Whether it was just fear, fear mixed with a little bit of faith, they went to Jesus. They woke him up with their cries of desperation. And you know what happened here. It's a beautiful, wonderful, freeing story of what Jesus did. He stands up from sleep. I don't know how he could sleep through that storm. Must have been very tired. But he stands up from sleep and he speaks to the winds and the waves, rebukes them, and then it's calm and quiet. Amazing what Jesus can do. But then the text tells us he asks his disciples this question Where is your faith? Where is your faith? It's a troubling, it's a challenging question, isn't it? And we can't tell from certain from the text how Jesus spoke this. I hope you don't imagine it this way. Where is your faith? No. I hope we might think of it this way. Disciples, where is your faith? In the other texts that in Mark and Matthew that talk about this, Jesus says, do you have no faith? Or you only have a little faith. I believe Jesus' question there about where their faith is is really a question of deep longing for them to know him fully. It's a conviction to help them think, do I really trust in this person I say I'm following? Or do I just trust him when things are going well? Where is your faith? Where are you going to put your trust when the chaos comes? Don't you realize, Jesus is saying with longing to his friends, and to us. Don't you realize you can trust me in this? So the faith question comes to us in our own storms too, doesn't it? Whether it's relational conflict, a situation at school, a friend of yours facing deep loss, when we're overwhelmed by the storms around us. I wonder if Jesus is asking with that same longing for us, where is your faith? Where is your faith? The beautiful thing about this story is that we can imagine ourselves in it by thinking in the whole thing, where is Jesus in the middle of this storm? He's right in the middle of it with them. Jesus is not far off and looking down and saying, have faith. He's with the disciples in the boat, sleeping on a cushion, yes, but he's with them responding to their needs, responding to their anguish. Jesus is in the boat with them. Jesus is in the boat with you, whatever storm you're facing. Yes, we can't see him as the disciples saw him lying on that cushion, but we can see him through eyes of faith. In fact, the scripture commends that, that those who, could, those who don't see Jesus, they're commended even more for their faith because we believe and we've seen him act. And so we see with eyes of faith that Jesus is there with us in the boat in the middle of the storm. 
So we take a look at how do we respond to that storm. What is a good storm response? And I want to just give, suggest a few things. That when fear calls, it's really faith that's crying out. You know, with that fight and flight instinct, we can't even, it just happens. We don't plan for it. I wonder if we could develop that same kind of quick response when, faith, when trials come and faith cries out. In other words, the storm comes and your first response is, Jesus, I can't handle this, help me. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the neurons in our brains, through habit and practice, that was the way we responded to storms? Yes, fight and flight, but faith. Faith that cries out to God. Fear that triggers faith in us. And then we see with these disciples, you can see it at the last passage, the verse of this passage that Mitchell read for us. In fear and amazement, they, the disciples, asked one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. A different kind of fear, tied to amazement. A fear that puts you on your knees. A fear of awe in the in light of something that is completely other than you. A reverence, not being afraid of God, but a fear of God that puts you to your knees and makes you recognize, I am nothing compared to this power, and yet God is here with me. He can calm the seas. And that amazement that the disciples had in that boat, I think they came back and told that story again and again because it renewed their faith. That renewed their fear of God in a holy and reverent way. You have probably a lot of storms you're facing in your own life. Maybe even today, this month, this past year, or one that's yet to come. Where are those places you've lost hope? You think you're sinking down or chaos is so swirling around you that you don't know what to do. I want you to close your eyes for a minute and I want you to picture that storm that you're facing. Imagine yourself in the middle of the uncertainty and the desperation of not being able to handle this on your own. And then I want you to picture that Jesus is there with you, right beside you, in the boat. His presence, his power available to bring you peace, to bring calm in the midst of chaos, peace in the midst of fear. You can open your eyes. You know, something does happen to us in storms that is unusual. And faith is tested in the middle of storms, and they will come. But we know Jesus is in the boat with us. He doesn't leave us alone to face it. And so when we say we can find peace in an anxious world, we can find peace because God is there to hear our cries of distress. He's there to say, I'm with you in this storm. And you can call on me because I'm going to remind you again and again, I am with you. I am with you. I will not leave you alone. 
Before I shape a prayer around this, I want to encourage you to take in the seat pocket around you, there's some blue cards, and I want everybody to take one. If there isn't one right where you are, find one around you. Um, Take a card. And I want you to think of that personal storm that you imagined when your eyes were closed. Those things that come at you that make you afraid, that stir that anxiety in you. It could be anything. If you're a child, it could be fear of the dark. It could be fear of the next test you're facing. It could be fear of bullying in, in school. It could be fear of somebody you're watching who's going through a hard time and you can't do anything to help them. I want you to name that storm. I want you to write it on that piece of paper. And later during our response time, we're going to come up and put that storm that you've named, and we're going to put it in the boat, remembering that Jesus is here in this boat. And he's saying to you and I, I am with you. I am with you in the storm. Don't be anxious. Have faith in me. I invite you to pray with me. Lord, you faced so many storms in your life. And you taught us and your disciples what it is to know there's a God who's with us in the storm. Oh God, I do pray for all of us that as we name these storms and as our faith cries out to you, that you would meet us and remind us that you're with us. You're in the boat there with us, God. When we cry out, Lord, help me, you say, I am here. I am here. I am with you. May this give us confidence and build those channels of faith so that we would continue to face fear and anxiety with the recognition we can call out to you. And we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.